T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now it's the legislature to do something, and I encourage every motorist out there to say, we don't want these things. That's what happened in Texas. It can also happen in Illinois. If you have a strong objection to sending revenue to your community, don't break the law. Those are the voices of Sheila Dunn, spokeswoman for the National Motorist Association based in Wanakee, Wisconsin, and Russ Rader. He's a spokesman for the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. This is WBBM's In-Depth, where we take a deep dive into a story we're telling on the air. I'm Cisco Cotto, and this week we're talking about the controversy surrounding the use of red light cameras. We'll discuss the issue from multiple angles. Proponents say it's all about preventing accidents and saving lives. Others say it's just about generating revenue and has nothing to do with safety. One group even says red light cameras actually lead to more accidents. Now, we're going to get into all of that, but first, let's talk to a person who made some news on red light cameras just in the last few days. The Illinois controller, Susana Mendoza, is our first guest. We appreciate you being with us. Help us to understand, because this was in place before you took office, help us to understand exactly what the controller's office was doing in relation to these red light camera fines. Illinois, as of 2012, has had the ability, the controller's office, to serve as somewhat of a collections agent, if you want to think about it that way, a collection agency for municipalities. And the power of that is that the state controller is the one who sends everyone their income tax returns. So prior to approving your income tax return, if you owed debt, outstanding debt to municipalities, our office would then collect that debt and send it to municipality. And then if there's anything left over, send it to the constituent, and if there's not, well, then it went to the municipality. Now, in certain cases, this makes a lot of sense, like with child support. If people don't want to pay their child support, we can, you know, confiscate it from people's tax returns and send it to the appropriate, um, you know, entity. But when it comes to red light cameras, we've just seen lots of information, frankly, that has led me to really, truly believe that the vast majority of the tickets related to red light cameras are in fact for offenses that probably shouldn't be ticketed, and they're not based on trying to keep our streets safer, but in fact have become a, a major money grab. So, for people who aren't familiar because they they haven't had to deal with this, I mean, basically the, uh, the the what was going on is people would go to get their refund, and all of a sudden it's short two hundred dollars or four hundred dollars or, or whatever they owed in red light camera tickets. Yeah, or if not more, because Cisco, remember, I mean, you're talking about a hundred dollar ticket that if you're not able to pay it, which unfortunately, I mean, look, you or I, if we get a ticket, it ruins our day. But for a single mom or some senior citizen who $100 is half of their monthly food allotment, and I've gotten emails like that talking about that being the case, um, you know, it's a major, major disruptor in their life. And so especially when you consider that many of these tickets should not have been issued in the first place, it's not that people are running through red lights dangerously, it's that maybe they inched over the white line or they didn't stop for a full three seconds when turning right at an intersection where it's legal to turn right. So you know, this um, this concept, again, that this was about safety has turned out to have a ton of evidence to back me up when I tell you it's not. Now, having said that, when I first took office in December of 2016, um, pretty much soon after, we decided not to continue to collect ticket revenue um, 
from these tax returns and send it to municipalities for the city of Chicago's red light camera. And that's because that program had a ton of problems. I mean, we saw an individual go to jail for rigging the contract. Um, the city of Chicago got sued, and they had to return millions of dollars to constituents because of, or to taxpayers because of failure to give due process. So there were significant problems with that program that did not give me a level of confidence that any of it had been cleared up to the point where I would want to collect people's tax returns and forward them to the city of Chicago. So we stopped that. We didn't have big fanfare about it, but um, over the course of the last two years, we've seen, you know, more stories come out. And most recently, there's been studies that show that, you know, out of all of the tickets collected, only 22% of them fall on African-American motorists, yet 40% of the outstanding debt, that's because these tickets double and then triple, um, fall on the African-American community, which, frankly, is least able to uh, pay that. So minority communities or senior citizens with really moderate to low incomes uh, get overly burdened by not being able to pay these fines for tickets that they probably shouldn't have gotten in the first place. Well, so, and you, you have the fines for the tickets, but then you also have a fee that the state tax on, kind of a, a hey, we're going to collect this, so you need to pay us for that, too. Yeah, that's nominal. At the end of the day, like, for example, the controller's office, which serves as a collection agency and has to actually perform the duty, by statute we get $20, which it, it's not anything. I mean, it's not a ton, but it's also not chump change. We collected a million dollars last year, and we have decided that we don't want the money. Even though we need the money, I don't feel that it's worth hurting people to collect this extra million dollars. So, um, And that's what I think that this specific program does. Ninety-five percent of all tickets issued for red light camera violations are not for speeding through an intersection, which nobody would argue is not super dangerous. I mean, that's exactly why those red light cameras were in to begin with, but 95% of the tickets are actually for turning right on red at intersections where it's legal to turn right on red. And we're not talking about people who are like whipping through a red light turn, um, a right hand turn uh, when there's people in the, in the crosswalk. We're talking about folks who, you know, creep up uh, on the white line who come to complete stop, uh, nonetheless get a ticket or come to complete stop, but not for three full seconds, right? It's not the perfect Secretary of State, um, you know, textbook stop. And so when 95% of these tickets are issued for that, that's nonsense and it needs to stop. So that's where we're at right now. I don't feel comfortable collecting anymore. Municipalities can still go after um, this revenue by hiring collection agencies. But remember, those collection agencies will not have access to those folks' tax returns. So it's going to be harder on the municipalities. And I would argue that this is a perfect time for them to revisit their programs. If they want to keep their programs, they should only, only approve these red lights at traffic um, you know, stops where we know through studies that they're legitimately dangerous intersections. And really, maybe they should limit these to you know, running through a red light or turning red in a dangerous fashion when there's people in the crosswalk. There should be some serious limits put on where these lights go and how they're, how they're serviced. So you don't think that the lights need to go all together? You, you see a way that they could be beneficial? Well, here's the deal. I think that they could do it, but I don't have confidence that they will do it. Uh, we've been talking about red light cameras and the abuses with them for years. Um, municipalities and the red light companies themselves have had years to clean up their act. 
We haven't seen, you know, a single one of them do so. Um, and those who decided that, you know, the traffic lights aren't really necessary have decided to scrap them altogether. You know, the municipalities that you, there are municipalities who you would expect the revenues to continue to go down because their intersections are supposedly safer. But what we've seen are certain municipalities who've, who've, uh, whose revenues have doubled or tripled since we started collecting for them. And what does that tell you? It's a money grab. It's not about making the intersection safer. I'd say it'd be great if they could reform them. I have no confidence that they will. And in light of the fact that I have no confidence that they will, I would encourage them to revisit the program entirely and potentially scrap it as it, as it is. So the state is no longer going to act as the collection agency for other cities in regard to these red light cameras. Let's get some more perspective on this. Andy Shaw joins us now. Andy, former ABC7 political reporter, also former head of the Better Government Association. Andy, it has come to light more and more. It seems like we get new details all the time about whether we want to say corruption or alleged corruption in the red light camera program. Uh, give us sort of a thumbnail sketch of some of the ways that these red light cameras were brought into some of the suburban communities. Well, the beginning of red light cameras was disingenuous from the outset. They were sold to us in the city and suburbs as a way to protect kids around schools by forcing drivers to slow down. That is a noble goal. And to the extent that they do slow down drivers, I think they're fine. But in reality, like the attempt to do the pop tax that we talked about so often here, it was really a revenue measure disguised as a safety measure. The pop tax was a revenue measure disguised as a health measure. And so really, the city and then the suburbs saw this enormous amount of revenue they could reap by ticketing people for violating the red light provisions. And unfortunately, as we learned in the city, these cameras were rigged so that they went into place a second after a yellow light came on. People didn't really have a chance to slow down sufficiently. And so an enormous number of tickets were given out in the city and the suburbs to people who were simply going through yellow lights, which they're used to doing. They weren't truly red light violations. That's the operational side. Well, you also had this, and hold on because I want to get into more of the other stuff too, but you also had... Uh, reports of this huge percentage of the tickets being issued for not stopping long enough before turning right on a red light, something like 95% of the tickets or something like that, where it wasn't even as dangerous as blowing straight through a red light. Right, and so under the guise of protecting kids was this revenue measure that was abused by the tinkering with with the lighting system to make it easier to give the tickets whether or not someone actually ran a red light. That was the operational problem. The other problem is like with any contracts that you begin to let. In the suburbs where there's very little watchdog work done by my old group, the BGA, or newspapers, it's very easy to play games with contracts and to combine contracting with campaign contributions. And that is apparently what happened to a large extent in some of these suburbs. And the question as the feds deepen their investigation of corruption at the state level is whether people involved in contracting and transportation at the state uh, committee level were also involved in lagging these contracts in exchange for dollars, whether it was dollars in their pockets or dollars in their campaign fund. Either way, it's inappropriate, and it, and it raises the possibility that contracts were given to companies ill-equipped to manage the red light camera systems well and 
prone to these abuses that we talked about with respect to tinkering with the lights themselves. So you have a two-pronged problem, a disingenuous beginning of the program, safety versus dollars, and then the inappropriate and perhaps corrupt uh, operation of the program, especially in some suburbs. Well, you talk about people having money put in their pockets. One of the things that's been striking about the investigation as it's gone along is you had all these people who were uh, effectively above board paid salespeople to try to get these red light cameras put into their communities. Right. And, and of course, we know that the coin of the realm in government and politics is campaign cash. And so you can't say that they shouldn't be giving campaign contributions to lawmakers who have some say over transportation matters like red light cameras, because that's always going to happen. I'd like to see it regulated more closely and perhaps outlawed in some cases, but we're stuck now with a system that's like the Wild West. And the problem is that it also opens the door to under the table payoffs. So let's say lawmaker A is on a committee that has a say over who gets the camera or how the system, how the program works. Lawmaker A gets a contribution. Maybe lawmaker A also gets a payoff under the table. Maybe it's a it's a twofer there. And I think that's what the feds are looking at in at least several cases. And if they had enough time and manpower, they could probably look at this in almost every contracting area. But this one has been ripe. It's relatively new. The suburbs are not closely watched. And that's a recipe for corruption. Well, didn't uh, safe speed uh, isn't the allegation that they were hiring people again, not not necessarily in an illegal way. Uh, they were hiring people to serve basically as sales agents to be able to go around to suburban mayors and uh, members of suburban village boards and police departments to say, hey, come on, this should be a great thing for our community. Meanwhile, they get a cut because they're a sales agent. And a lot of times they're former lawmakers who have a lot of friends left in the legislature. They become lobbyists the day after they leave their government jobs and they come right back around to their old friends and cronies and colleagues saying, I'm now working for company A or company B, in this case, Red Light camera companies. Uh, But then the problem is they also have the capacity to play games and do these inside deals, obviously out of the sight of prosecutors or law enforcement. And so, as I say, it, it can be a it can be a campaign contribution to lawmaker A who's still there and an under the table payoff of some sort. And I guess we'll find out how how rampant it was when the feds are done with their investigation. Now, when it comes to the uh, legalized sale of weed, something we've talked about on this podcast, uh, the governor and others have pushed a social equity agenda, uh, trying to sort of make good in communities that have had a lot of policing. Uh, I do find it striking that on the marijuana front, there's big social equity. But when it comes to these red light cameras and the speed cameras, it seems like a lot of the poorest communities in Chicago and the suburbs really get hit by this at $100 a pop. Right. And, of course, I will say in defense of the Red Knight Cam- Camera Program, one of the companies is run by uh, Nikki Zoller, who is an African-American woman. So in that sense, there's minority representation but what about at, the people getting the corporate the tickets, level. You know? Well, that's true of so much, Cisco. You just see, It just seems that the, the strong arm of law enforcement tends to come down hardest and most disproportionately on minorities and poor people, whether that's felony convictions, uh, long time in the Cook County Jail because you can't make bond, certainly in 
marijuana cases, all these expungements of crummy little marijuana convictions, crack cocaine during that period of cracking down where so much of the the onus of those of those prosecutions fell on minority people, even though a lot of young, affluent white kids were were abusing the same drugs with almost impunity. This is a this is a terrible injustice in the whole in in that whole criminal justice system, and it's something we really have to pay closer attention to. It applied to marijuana, and it certainly applies to these red light cameras and the ticketing. So, from a good government standpoint, what do you say about red light cameras? Are they redeemable? Are they fixable? Do they just need to go all together? I wouldn't throw out the baby with the bathwater. I know that the comptroller, Susanna Mendoza, is uh, putting a halt to helping suburbs collect the money. She's probably doing the right thing for the moment. Until we get the house in order, I think it's probably good for her not to be an enabler of, of a bad program. On the other hand, I always resist overreaction, which is to basically say there's, there's problems there, let's cancel it. What I would say is identify the problems, think about the potential solutions, and try to get it right on take two or 2.0. And this is true of so many things. You start out with decent intentions, but there's a shortcoming or a, fa- a fall- fallacy of some sort. In this case... The goal of slowing down drivers is a good one, especially in high-density areas where you have kids going to school or work or church or whatever. I think it's important to have some sort of a governor with a small g on excessive speeds. At the same time, it's got to be managed you know, much more honestly and, and fairly, as I think the Tribune, among others, pointed out, the abuse of the program falls disproportionately on the people who can least afford it. Let's go back to the drawing board and see how we can have a program that, if necessary, is both safe and fair. And that's true of virtually any government program. Make it necessary, and if it is, then make it fair. Whenever you start talking about red light cameras, it's certainly a heated topic. There are people on both sides. Some love them and some, well, really hate them. Let's talk to someone who says that the red light cameras actually make the roads safer. Russ Rader is joining us. He is spokesman for the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. Let's begin with one that a lot of people maybe are skeptical of, and so maybe you can set that record straight. Do red light cameras actually make intersections safer when they are put in place? They absolutely do. And there is, uh, there's no debate in the traffic safety community because there's been a lot of research on red light cameras here and around the world and they reduce crashes. They reduce uh, red light running violations. They reduce crashes that result from red light running, and they reduce injuries and deaths. So uh, why the, I guess, perception problem then? Because common sense says if you put the red light cameras in, it's going to work. You're saying that the data backs it up, uh, yet there's still this perception that, especially in a place like Chicago, it's it's all about the dollars, it's not about the safety, and, and yet it sounds like they really are a, a valuable tool. They, they do work, and part of the problem in some communities around the country has been uh, implementation, because uh, you, as a community, will shoot yourself in the foot if you make it appear that this is just a revenue-raising cash cow. Um, 
And there are things you can do. This isn't rocket science. There are things you can do to um, implement a program that is transparent, that uh, that uh, establishes and keeps public support uh, over the long run. And many communities have done that. And so that's really the key is not just doing it as a revenue enhancement, but actually implementing it properly and then uh, seeing how it works. And I guess going ahead and keeping the numbers on it so that you can actually show that it works. And getting a lot of public input, you know, at the outset, um, you've got to bring the public along with you and you've got to bring the, the community along with you. And, uh, and you do that by, uh, by uh, uh, demonstrating what the problem is, describing what the problem is, uh, being transparent about how you're choosing uh, the intersections where you're putting the cameras in. People understand that there are drivers out there who care more about uh, their schedule than your life, and they know that red light running is a problem, uh, but you've got to do it in a transparent way that, uh, it, that focuses on safety, and you can't go around talking about how you're going to, you know, you, you're doing this to plug budget holes, with, which a lot of communities did, especially uh, during the recession. And so is it important that they actually show data that says uh, this intersection, whichever intersection it is, we're going to put up a red light camera because we have the data that shows that this is a particularly dangerous intersection. We've already done our homework on this and there's a track record. Yeah, that it's a dangerous intersection, that it's an intersection where uh, you have a red light running problem. It's an intersection that's near, uh, near a school. You've got a lot of pedestrians and bicyclists in the area. Um, and there are, you know, there are things, other things that you can do uh, in addition to being very uh, upfront about the data. You need to publicize the problem. Uh, we also recommend that communities establish um, a grace period uh, at the intersection before a vehicle is photographed uh, and the driver ticketed. And that can be up to a half second or so, um, which is another uh, way to uh, help show that this is a program that is being done for safety. It's not all about generating a lot of tickets. Now, let me ask you, just because we're going to have another guest here that's going to talk about certain news reports that found that uh, there are crashes, not necessarily fatal ones, not necessarily big crashes, but that there are crashes at intersections with red light cameras where there's some that that the crashes actually go up and sometimes it's these these rear enders you know where someone slams on the brakes Mm -hmm. to avoid a ticket and the person behind them hits them that that is a finding from studies including ours that especially when you first put in red light cameras uh, there can be an increase in rear end fender benders but those decline over time the rear end collisions are typically fender benders. What you're doing is you're preventing the high-speed angle side impact crashes that kill people and the the ones that uh, injure and kill pedestrians and bicyclists. Is there a danger in the the right turn on red sorts of accidents? I know here in the Chicago area, most of the tickets, and by most, I think the numbers are really as high as 95% of the tickets that are issued are because the driver doesn't stop long enough before turning right on red. Uh, is that a, a safety issue? Is, is it important that you come to the complete stop instead of just kind of doing that peek over your shoulder before you turn right? 
it is a safety issue because you are uh, putting uh, uh, other people, you're putting pedestrians and bicyclists especially uh, at risk when you're turning right. You're looking left and you're not seeing what's going on necessarily uh, in your in your blind spot as you're looking left. Uh, but we recommend that the that the video and the photographs of the red light violations each one be reviewed uh, by a police officer or a civilian employee trained by a police officer and throw out the tickets where somebody turns right without stopping, but there's no pedestrians or bicyclists present. Say it happens in the middle of the night. Those are uh, violations where you clearly see that there's not a safety hazard. That Those tickets should be thrown out. Is there a point where even if it was a particularly dangerous intersection, but now it's not? Now the red light cameras have been there, say it's a couple of years, that intersection is fairly safe, you don't have many crashes, you, you don't even have a lot of tickets generated necessarily because people are now obeying. Is there an opportunity where we would say, okay, the red light cameras have served their purpose at that intersection, now we get rid of them, or do you keep them at that intersection in order to keep it a safe intersection? Well, research shows that when you take away red light cameras, uh, the crashes go back up. They spike uh, when people recognize that they're not going to get a ticket uh, at the intersections with cameras. The ideal situation is to have uh, uh, cameras that move around, that you don't have them at uh, just uh, uh, you know a, a few set places, but you move them around to different intersections around the city, which creates a citywide deterrent, um, and and uh, and if you get rid of the cameras because you've well, you've reduced crashes, which ideally that's what you want, but you don't want to get rid of cameras uh, and allow the crash risk to come back after you've ended the program. Now, are we seeing any sort of a, an impact on auto insurance rates, uh, where communities that have the cameras or neighborhoods that have the cameras, those zip codes? Uh, maybe they're lower or, or overall they're having an impact. The reason I'm asking is I think if people could say, we don't like these cameras, but it's keeping our auto insurance rates down, maybe then it, it wouldn't be quite so uh, this feeling of antagonism. Well, it's hard to zero in on that because there are so many crashes that happen for different reasons in urban areas. Um, so it, it's hard to it's hard to zero in on what the uh, what if any insurance impact there might be. I would just say that you know red light cameras are a proven effective tool, and one of the reasons that they are a good tool to have in the toolbox is that they free up police officers to do other kinds of enforcement. It's just increasingly difficult and dangerous for police officers to do things like enforce um, laws against red light running, and cameras uh, enforce the law 24-7. And as you touched on earlier, part of the problem is it feels like a cash grab. So many communities have not rolled it out very well, and that's why it creates a situation where it feels like you, the driver, you, the person who lives in the neighborhood, are at odds with law enforcement instead of law enforcement trying to keep everyone safe. If you have a strong objection to sending revenue to your uh, community, don't break the law. Now, the alternate angle, Sheila Dunn is a spokeswoman for the National Motorist Association. Sheila, we have had someone from the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety saying, 
statistics are clear. The red light cameras make intersections safer. You know, sort of basically saying unequivocally, they are safer when the red light cameras are there. Uh, is that true? Well, first of all, the IIHS, you have to understand, is is uh, they may get their money from insurance companies, so they have a vested interest in cameras. Because, uh, you know, when people get, you know, sometimes in, in some jurisdictions, when uh, you get a ticket, some of that money, uh, eventually you get points off your insurance, uh, and then you have to pay more. So I just wanted to say that. Um, whether they're safer or not, uh, there's a lot of other things you can do besides uh, making a taxation by citation sort of situation for people. Uh, in intersections with, for example, for red light cameras, there's many other things you can do. One of the most basic things that people can do, that cities can do, is to actually increase their yellow light timing. Um, if you do that um, and make it, you know, work for the speed limit that 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 it is, that the intersection is for, then uh, you'll have a lot less uh, crashes and things like that. But the uh, people here, and again, I'm playing devil's advocate, uh, people who support these red light cameras here in the Chicago area say it doesn't matter. You have three seconds, four seconds, whatever it is, you're going to have people who are going to try to scoot through there and make that yellow light. Well, you know, um, some cities in the Chicago area actually have uh, lowered their yellow light timing just so they can have, you know, make that money. So it's not necessarily true. Um, you know, there are standards that, that cities need to, to follow in terms of yellow light timings, and that's not always done. You touch on the, the money aspect and the fact that there, I'll say there's a cynicism on the part of a lot of everyday drivers that these cameras are just in place uh, for money and not necessarily for safety. Uh, is, is that something as you, you blog and you follow the news a lot, is, is that kind of a sentiment that you're seeing too? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, the state of Texas just uh, last, this past year uh, got rid of their red light cameras, and I really hope that Illinois does too, because the problem with Illinois, people are leaving the state because they just have had it. Not only are you, you know, have to pay higher taxes, you're also having to pay all these citations, which is really a tax. The spokesman, it, for, you're right. I mean, well, it's a tax. It's money that goes to yeah. the government, right? Right. It's a tax. It's, it's, it's citation, you know, it's taxation by citation. And in some some areas, and I can't recall if it's Illinois is this, you know, some areas, well, you're not even, you don't get points taken off your insurance. It's just you have to pay it anyway to get your vehicle registration. It's outrageous what they're doing. It's like highway robbery. Here in Illinois, I'm pretty sure in every municipality, it's not a moving violation. It's essentially yeah, like a parking right. ticket. Right, right. But it's heinous. I mean, in California, you know, you know how much the tickets are in California? $490. Can you imagine if you're if you're making minimum wage and you have to try to pay for that and all you're trying to do is get through the yellow, you know, the yellow light and maybe the yellow light timing is wrong. I'll it's ask, really, really heinous what, what's happening with red light cameras. It's just absolutely heinous. I'll ask you the, one of the same questions that I asked the gentleman from the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. Uh, many in Illinois, many of the red light camera tickets are because people do not stop long enough before turning right on red. Uh, you know, everyone's done this where you sort of right. look over your shoulder to the left, you see that no one's coming, and so you go ahead and do the slow roll around the corner. Uh, some estimates are as many as 95% that it's that high. Um, is that uh, something that would say that these cameras are unnecessary? Is there also a danger in not stopping enough before you turn right on red? Well, you know, there always can be a danger if you don't stop and actually look and make sure that, you know, all other road users like bicyclists and pedestrians are not in the way. 
Um, but generally, most people can make a safe r- right on red. And uh, what's crazy is that if you are allowed to, to drive right on red, um, then you shouldn't be getting a ticket. So, In general, do you find that these red light cameras go into intersections that are inherently dangerous where you have a lot of crashes? Uh, or is it a little more arbitrary than that? Well, I know the city say that they're putting them in places where there's a lot of crashes. But I think, you know, from some of the scandals that have been happening lately in Illinois, I think that some of those cities uh, around Chicago are not doing that. And I think that's something that the, the citizens should be up in arms about. I'm surprised people aren't in the streets writing about this, to be quite honest, because it's really terrible. I mean, not only, you know, is it uh, they don't improve safety. And what happens is that people, vulnerable road users, think the, think the roads are safer and they're not necessarily. So people are thinking, oh, it's going to be safe because we have red light cameras now. But it's not necessarily safe. And um, it just it does cost cause uh, more, you know, rear-end crashes, for example. Um, also, you know, just your basic rights are being violated. There's no certifiable witness to the alleged violation. Ticket recipients aren't adequately notified. Um, sometimes they may not even be driving and still get a ticket because it's their car. And, um, you know, they discourage these tickets, these traffic devices discourage the synchronization, synchronization of lights. Let me try that again. These devices discourage the synchronization of traffic lights, and you know that's the the best flow of traffic. The best, the best, the safest thing with traffic is if it flows. So if you're always having to stop and go, stop and go, stop and go, that's when it's not safe. And uh, like I said, there's a lot of things that can be. There are alternatives to cameras. It's just really about the money. I mean, all these little suburbs around Chicago, they just want the money, and so does Chicago. I mean, they just can't live without the money. Um, and it's really pathetic. It's really pathetic because of all the other things that go on with this. Chicago just had to pay over $30 million back to to, to ticket recipients recently because they, they did something stupid by not mailing out a second notice, for example. I mean, there's all kinds of inherent problems with these. And if we just didn't have it, life would be actually a lot, lot better for many, many people. One of the things I appreciate about your website is you link to various media accounts from around the country for analysis of whether or not intersections are actually made safer, whether crashes go down or not. Uh, So this isn't just conjecture. You know, you're you're not just sort of speaking about it. No, we, yeah, we're backed up by a lot of uh, traffic engineering and also anecdotal, of course. Um, But we also, you know, I I am actually uh, looking at the news every day and looking at stories and figuring out what's going on. And I have to say the big trend right now is is the Illinois story. Um, You know, you have all the scandal going on last fall. Now you have the state controller saying she's not going to, you know, enforce uh, getting the the money from people, collecting the money. So it's now up to the legislature to do something. And I encourage every motorist out there to say we don't want these things. That's what happened in Texas. It can also happen in Illinois. What do you say to the driver that feels like they're getting pulled in two directions? Because they have some people saying, no, they do make the intersections safe. And you have other people saying, no, they don't make the intersections safe. And what are they supposed to do? It's sort of a fog of information. Yeah, I think that I think that's on purpose, the fog of information. But like I said before, when traffic flows smoothly, the yellow lights are timed correctly. And even if you have, if it's a really, uh, you know, busy intersection with a lot of vulnerable road users, you can also have a four-way red light stop. So there's a lot of other things to do besides getting money from people, you know, just because they're trying to get through the intersection.
So for the people who are cynical after lots of years of this, red light cameras have been around in the Chicago area for a long time. Uh, The people who think that it's just about the money, that it's not about safety, what would you say? I'd say uh, make sure you contact your elected officials and get red light cameras banned in Illinois this year, this legislative session. I really do believe that uh, Chicago is suffering because they have red light cameras. I know there's a lot of people that don't even want to go there anymore because you can't really drive safely through the through the area with, with all these cameras. I mean, if you're from out of town, you could get, you know, three or four cameras because you're used to driving where it's more reasonable. Yeah, yellow lights are important. They need to be timed properly, and they're not always that way in Chicago. So that's what I want to say. It's it's a definitely a citation, a taxation by citation issue, and people should be very concerned about this. They should be, you know, writing letters and getting up, upset. And that's what I hope happens. Let's get rid of them in in Illinois this year. WBBM will continue covering this red light camera controversy. Thanks for joining us for this week's WBBM In-Depth Podcast. Join us next week for our discussion on Great Lakes water levels. The latest forecast is Lake Michigan and Huron. They'll both rise above record levels. It's threatening houses, buildings, and shorelines all across the area. Be sure to subscribe to receive this free podcast every Wednesday. And, of course, listen anytime for the stories that matter by listening to WBBM on the Radio.com app or on your radio. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cotto.